Hello and welcome back to the Deliciously Seller podcast. Sorry we've been away for a while, but we had an unexpected hiatus. Uh, Flixing on holiday, I've been in a bad mood, I am edging ever closer to 30 and we are still none the wiser. So today we're going to be talking about hobbies or as Flick likes to call it. Um, Don't actually know yet, Uh, I'm still away with the fairies or my parents as it turns out. (laughs) So we did actually promise you guys an episode about hobbies and we've come up with some really good ones that we've had over the ages. So I have a theory that um, I have a lot of hobbies because my mother didn't really love me and she needed to do a lot with me in the holidays to make sure that I wasn't in the house. So, I mean, I, don't, I know that you've been on a perpetual language course for your entire life, Flick. Yeah, language courses. And then also, I think it was that thing of just, what do they say in really cringe meetings where it's throw something at the wall until it sticks mm. or the window? Did I believe it's shit wall? that you throw at the wall. Ah, uh, again, it's just the mood is just sort of confusing my <laughs> my expressions. But yeah, that's definitely the approach that our parents took. I think it was don't touch the kids, don't talk to them a huge amount, mm. but throw money at the situation and they might just turn out to be musicians, athletes, uh, nature enthusiasts. Turns out the only thing that I could do is play the accordion. So that's a hobby of mine. I have showed absolutely no aptitude towards any form of hobby. I suck at every single one of them. I mean, I've tried everything. I, I can sail. I could do leather work. Before you started dressing like My Little Pony, you used to ride them quite a bit, no? I mean, sure, obviously. I mean, I'm, I'm a bit posh. I learned to horse ride. Mm-hmm. I suck at horse riding. I'm A, I'm scared of horses. B, I went, I went to school, actually, at a school where you took your horse to school. But I didn't have one, so... I'd have to ask to borrow a horse when I wanted to. And I would be like rider shamed all the time. So I'd have to go up to, you know, Louise and be like, hello, Louise, do you mind if I borrow a hot dog today for the riding lesson? She'd go, mm, actually, I think you're a bit fat and you might break his back. It is so annoying. Why is it that horses' names are always, you know, people are like, oh, dogs look like their owners. The horse's name is actually a representation of its rider because I was, you know, little and quite cute and freckles and whatever. So I rode Dolly Mixture. My little sister rode April showers and my older sister who was heavier <laughs> rode meatloaf <laughs> the cruelty it's too much oh my god i remember we used to go on this awful annual pony trek where we'd all set out on these fat vile ponies that bit our legs it was the most miserable time no wonder we can't get you near a farm now Belle. no absolutely not you know what on sundays as a treat we'd be allowed to muck the horses out so that we could spend time with them oh and there's always that vile layer of wet you know what I mean? When they sprinkle the new stuff down, horse riders out there, I'm sorry, I really don't have the lingo. And then there's always that thick, damp, I don't know why I'm talking about <laughs> urinated horse stables right now. Next. Um. No, so for me, the absolute pinnacle, like, because if you took your horse to school, you had to learn to look after it. That was really important. And we took tests to learn how to look after them. And one of the things you had to learn how to do was wash a horse's penis properly. I don't believe you. <laughs> no, you do. Basically, it's the classic thing that you've grown up thinking is a normal part of pony camp, and it definitely wasn't. No, but horses' penises get covered in cornflakes if they're left for too long. There's no reason why a cornflake should be anywhere no, near a horse. No, all you have to do is hang around near the horse, wait for its willy to pop out, grab it, and then wash it really quickly with a sponge. Bella, I don't think you should be having this conversation with me and all your listeners. I think you should be having it on a sofa with a 
damp cloth on your head. <gasps> okay, I don't mean actual cornflakes. To clarify, I mean... The sawdust bits. No, they, they are not stable shavings. It is some sort of like grot that a horse gets because you know they have that sheet that their willy lives in and when it gets stuck in there for a while and it's not being cleaned, it gets cornflakes. Did you give it them a taste? <laughs> no, oh my God. <laughs> no. And this bit looks like milk. Oh, Stop. Stop. <laughs> I think it's important mm. to talk about actually how the definition of a hobby has been changed, manipulated and downgraded in recent years. Because for me, there's like staple things that hobbies need to be. Very uncool. Mm. Enter like knitting needles, crocheting, yep. gaming, which we'll get to. Um but now, since the you know birth of the Tinders and things like that, where you have to, or bottom of a CV, when you have to define, like, to make yourself sound like an interesting person, you know, you get things like travel, adventure, getting lost, long walks on the beach, a glass of wine. Like, these aren't things that you should have to go and search for. These are just part of life. Like, if you want a glass of wine, be a normal person and have a bottle. If you want to get lost, like just update your your maps and your apps. I mean, there's just no reason to get lost unless you're a moron. Like these aren't things that you should be proud of. And if I see another Tinder profile that's like all the standard things, travel, adventure, sport, I'm like, well, the most terrifying thing is that makes me feel like I have to like a sport or even worse, that you're going to talk to me about them. You know what I mean? Mm. Like travel, like what, are we just going to sit there and compare countries we've been to? Yeah, like, you know what? Like eating and drinking, it's not a hobby. No. Like that keeps you alive. Yeah. Yeah. And when people are like, oh, what do you get up to in your spare time? I'm like, well, yeah, eating and drinking, sure. And not much else. Mm -hmm. But that just means I don't have any hobbies. And you know what? I really judge you if you've got a bicycle picture in your Tinder because I don't want to go cycling. No. And also, I don't want to hear about how much you love cycling. Yeah. Also get a better job and get a car. Yeah, exactly. But people who are into cars also not really into either. Oh God, don't talk to me about cars. And also that there's that whole thing of like, it's like Audi obsession, do you know what I mean? Like, boys are like, oh, if you could get a car, what car would you get? And I just kind of go with, I don't know, like a black one, like an Audi, thinking that's normal. And it's like, oh, what, the C3 or the M5 or the 9.6 or the 5.2? I don't know, just to, I don't care and I'll never get a car and I can't even drive. I know, like, sometimes I like to think that I'm just not very materialistic because I'm not into stuff. No, I am, I love stuff. Mm. I just, you know, don't invest any time in knowing anything about it. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me, your most shameful hobby. I mean... We both know that I'm a bit of a fan of a game. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot that's cool about gaming. Especially yeah. not when your favourite game is The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. But <laughs> what I love is that normal girls sit around being like, yeah, babe, I'm on my way to the drinks. I've just got to like get Tom away from the Xbox. And you have to pretend that like, yeah, you'd be annoyed by Tom too. Whereas actually I'm just jealous of Tom because I would way rather be there. Oh my God. Game. I just, I love the games also that are fronted by small animals. Mm-hmm. So like Croc, um, what was that dragon called? The oh, purple one. Yeah, no, I know. I've got him in my head. But he I can't was great. Yeah, no, I there was that, that one. Like, Crash Bandicoot. Mm, he oh, was a rogue. That was great. Yeah, Ape Escape, brilliant. My first crush was Tails, Sonic's sidekick, who is actually a girl. Yeah, it's like Robin complex, you know, with Batman. I just uh, oh, what you know, understand. the fox and Robin Hood. No, that's a whole separate thing. I, mean, oh. I was more of a Maid Marian girl. Oh, no, that was proper, like, first-time fizzy knickers for me. Like, oh, oh, loved God. it. I know. I actually quite liked that big jailbird bear. <laughs> you didn't like the jailbird bear. Or the, the rooster. No, a rooster is too much, like, one of the sort of 
despairing crows that you hear. And I don't know. Also, people who approach movies as hobbies. Oh God, that annoys me. Cinema as a hobby. What? Movies are something that we watch to pass time. Yeah, exactly. Unless, see, the thing is, I would say that a type of movie is a hobby for me, and that's that my dad and I religiously, um, he buys a whole batch of weird Eastern European, Mm. really depressing films, and we sort of sit through hours, like, back to back of them. They're so depressing. Most of them end up with just sort of a stream of water running down a, like, bleak public bathroom, and you don't know why. That's a hobby because that takes real commitment. Like you have to put yourself through it and it's a craft that I've learned like how to survive five hours of you know Romanian doco films. That's extraordinary because from what I know of your dad, his two main loves are like show tunes and these terrifying Romanian doco films. I know, but he's a man of two halves. <laughs> he's definitely a man say? of two halves. My dad is a man of, of one half and that is, that is basically blood sport and murder. So when I grew up, I had to learn to like kill things Mm. And um, I was re—I'm really bad at it. I've never actually managed to follow through because no, you'd be more likely to kill someone with like the sheath of a pepperoni than you would, you know, a mm. gun and a pheasant. Yeah, exactly. That is true. My gaming love is um, is The Sims. Garmin Schnaller. Oh dig, my dig. god! You know the language. Yeah. But I went onto the computer at my parents' house the other day and realised that if any boy that I've ever dated, knowingly or unknowingly. Uh, were to log in, they would realise that I've created this sick Sims, you know, now and all the like upgraded Sims, you can sort of have all towns of people. Mm. And I've created like families that, you know, with these boys that I fancy. So I'm not going to say their surnames because I'll be giving the game away. But in every one, I've made my avatar look like this like tiny sort of half South American, you know, green eyes, obviously not what I look like. Um, but they've all had children. I've done all the cheats, so they're gazillionaires. I oh, take the always. cheat when they rumble and tumble under the duvet mm-hmm. so I can perv on mm-hmm. myself yeah. and my mystery man. And that is the closest to like creating the perfect life in Simland. Yeah, I'm a very spoilt girl, so I had all of the all the packages. Like my Sims could go on holiday, they oh, could go yeah. on dates, they had dogs, like they had everything. I'm still buying them. Mine can now become vampires. What? See, that is a hobby. Do you know what I mean? Again, it takes commitment. That actually reminds me, I once worked on a documentary about porn and... Um, I went and filmed. I filmed a porn shoot that was vampire themed, and um, I had to stand in the room when it happened. I remember very clearly um, Brooklyn Blue's teeth falling off <laughs> while she performed fellatio in front of me and all my colleagues. And uh, I left before the money shot because I thought this is too much for me. I went to go and call our presenter a taxi, and. I got a tap on my shoulder. I turned around, and there was Brooklyn, absolutely covered in jizz. Oh my god. Maybe porn could be our new hobby. Porn? Not doing it. Do you, I don't Just think many what? people would pay to see me do, do that. I don't know, there is that, that, that whole squashing tribe <laughs> where people adore to be squashed by women. Not that you're there feeding. I did, actually, I was talking about that yesterday because I thought... Could that be a way out for me? What, just get hugely obese and yeah. sit on skinny, and insecure sit men? sit on skinny, insecure men. There's a hobby for you. I tried to join the knitting crew um, when I worked in a startup, and it was kind of the thing to be done. And there's a company called Wool and the Gang, where you pay obscene amounts of money for just balls of wool and quite a cool Instagram account. Um, and then you can meet up if you want and knit together. Obviously, I bought the wool and then just went out and actually bought fully fledged like wool in the gang hats and just lied and pretended I was the best because, you know, I threw money at the situation. It wasn't for me. I learned to knit, but the only thing I knitted to completion was a green jelly baby with no arms. 
<laughs> that is horrifying. I remember I was 10 and my brother had just been born and I really wanted to give him a gift and so I l- laboured over this jelly baby that I thought would be the most adorable gift of all time that I just couldn't get to the arms and so he still has this revolting armless jelly baby at like, the bottom of a basket full of stuffed toys. So horrifying. <laughs> so horrid. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. So tell me, out of the kind of office, well, not that we're really in offices anymore, but, um, you know, the kind of office nights out, team nights out, things like that. Yeah. I've written a list of, you know, options that you get given, Mm. which would be your favorite, which would actually make you run crying. Right. Right. We've got darts. Oh, wow. Okay. Bowling. Mm Mm-hmm. Crystal maze. Mm. Mm. Karaoke. Mm Mm-hmm. Or that interactive, um, like... Uh, what's it called drunk punch punch drunk oh punch drunk kind of interactive theater or the final one is um that one and i'm gonna forget the name so it kind of ruins it but you know you're locked in a room and you have to solve your way out i know that one you know that one these are all very big team building exercises yeah very sort of marketing team yeah. let's learn to kind of trust and use our mm, you know. i used to work in telly like that was their jam yeah I think I would choose punch drunk because, you know, I'm a, I've am got a bit of amdram in me, as of you. It's true, yeah. Like, true. I think I secretly would really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I'd get really into it. Like, I went to secret cinema once and like, I got really, really overexcited. <laughs> of course. Like, to the point where I actually scared myself shitless walking into a room full of papier mache dolls and screamed and ran and got chased. And it was really, really tra- quite traumatic. <laughs> I would choose karaoke, and I'll tell you for why. Because the one batch of things I'm quite good at is music Mm. and um, I really learnt how to position myself within a night of karaoke to actually get the sort of reaction and like love and and all of that out of the song and out of the audience. And that is basically, you don't make a big thing about like fucking loving karaoke. Like you let all the losers make all the noise. Initially you get a couple of people that are really terrible and everyone's sober and it's not fun, then I hit them just when they're drunk enough that they're sort of eased up and they're kind of listening and being more of a warm audience, but they'll still remember it. Mm. And then I just hit them with, because I'm your lady. Oh, what a song. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And especially because I start really quietly with, you know, like the whispers in the morning, like that. And basically then I do Amy Winehouse and then I let more morons come in and do like celebrations or whatever. And they forget that everyone will remember me. Last year. Oh God, I've got shivers thinking about that song. I know. The whispers in the morning. I, I can't sing, so that was awful. I've got a karaoke machine at home that has twenty five thousand tracks from Korea. But oh, it does come with a video and because they're all like illegal ones, pirate 
song videos it's all just got the same Korean girl in a meadow kind of <laughs> du- like willfully you know whether it's Enrique Iglesias whoever it is she's there every time in the field who on earth comes round to your house and plays that with you my dad <laughs> I don't even know if I have hobbies. Oh, I do have a hobby. Yes. (laughs) So there is retail therapy, which obviously people go on about and obviously I don't really do, um, except for kind of randomly going to Scribbler or Paper Chase and buying a whole load of kind of unicorn themed thermoses because I think for a minute that it's cute and cool and it's definitely not. Mm. But I do like window shopping, but not of shops, of people's houses. And I don't say that to sound like you know, the kind of cool, funny things you can do, like look at a supermarket trolley and guess the kind of person. Yeah. But if you actually really make it your mission to stare into people's houses, you will always see a wealth of lols. Like there is a guy whose house I've gone past my entire life. I didn't even realize it was a guy. It's a pretty house in Notting Hill, kind of pink with a like, you know, pale green door, like all very Instagrammable and all the rest. And then I actually looked into the window and it is filled with Victorian China dolls and just one old man sitting in there. I have never seen anyone go in or out and he is always in there. For all I know, he could be dead and actually I could be the only person that has ever glimpsed him. That is so deeply sinister. Yeah, or he's a massive pervert and I really should have alerted someone. So when I was at university, I used to walk past this house that always had an open window and there was a man sat inside in an armchair and I insisted he was a pervert and people were like you're so weird why would you even notice that man why why do you insist on these terrible things and i left university and he exposed himself in iceland in biker grove so i could have put a stop to it by looking through his window exactly and i didn't know nothing so you're as responsible for that flashing as he is i absolutely am the absolute shame of it i'm basically a pervert I'll tell you a hobby that I'm really glad I don't do. Yeah. Skiing. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't mind it that much. Yeah. No, I like the I'm drinking f- part. Yeah, but you know, for me, I'm not the girl that wants to sit with a hot chocolate and like a what do you eat there? Mm, like, um, but it depends where you are. Cheese. Go. Lots of cheese in France. Yeah, it's all sort of fondues and bits, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not for me. That's not for me. I just want to sit with a bottle of wine and some Ritz crackers and then I'm good to go. <laughs> Let's decide to do, to take up a new hobby. Oh, God, that's such a good idea. I know. Okay, so what would I like to be really good at? I'm really bad at. Well, I'm bad at most. Dating. (laughs) Dating, yes. Well, I should take up dating. No, that's being done for me. Don't worry. I've been set up with two absolute honeys in the past two weeks. Nailing it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not nailing it. One of them tied a tie around his head at a wedding. (laughs) Apparently has a coat problem. Works in a phone shop in Newbury, so it's great. (laughs) Okay, well, why don't you choose one for me and I'll choose one for you? Okay, yeah. Right, I choose you, the hobby, Pilates. You choose Pilates for me? Yeah, and Um, I want you to video it. You know that I'm just not very bendy. No, I know, but I really want to see it play out. Yeah, I once had to lead a yoga class and it was hot yoga. And I was sweating so much that I basically couldn't see. And it was obviously a joke yoga class, but no one knew who I was, so nobody knew that. So when I was lying on the ground being like, and now for the porpoise trapped in a net, all these women had no idea what was going on. <laughs> Hilarious. Okay, I'm going to pick for you one of my favourite hobbies that, yeah. I, you know, I think our listeners will know. I'm, b- I'm a big fan of taxidermy. 
Oh yes, you are. Really big. And you know, I have I've stuffed a mouse and it went missing. And my dad said that the other day he was at home and he opened his desk and this stuffed mouse with a witch's hat just tumbled out. Oh, I love that. The Harry Potter inspired stuffed mouse. Yeah, I think it's Heaven. great. Yeah. Well, actually I can do that because Bramble, um, who, if I haven't talked about him enough, is my cat, um, has recently developed his hunting skills. And I have had, in the past three weeks, a nest, not, not one bird. I came home from Greece um, feeling a bit depressed opened my door to so many feathers I could have stuffed a giant pillow and then there was this noise but from every room and I opened the door and he had dragged the entire starling the little brown ones Mm. nest and there was some dead some alive the starling parents at the window being like the babies and him just kind of swiping left and right I had to call Dora who is my (laughs) who is my Italian cat lady and she's like Juliet, you know, just to tell you, like, I love Bramble, but I now have a nine cats because I never found a man. So, you know, don't forget that. So she is literally me in a few years' time. Yeah. Dora comes round, Marigold's on. We get rid of the starlings, only for him to drag in an enormous toad. Oh, I was it about is... to say my dog once vomited a toad. It was the <laughs> worst moment of my life. Animals of farthing wood in my garden. And he <laughs> is that cruel grey fox. I'm telling you, oh. so awful. <laughs> Horrifying. So I will just start stuffing them. You should. Yeah. That is a horrible story. I know, and just sort of slowly licks his paws with like a bit of feathers stuck to his whisker. Mm. It's the day that he brings in a rodent. That's when it'll be too much. So I will take up taxidermy, you will take up Pilates, mm. and... We'll report back next week. There we go. Or whenever we decide to do a podcast again. Yeah, I need another holiday. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Um, I hope you're still enjoying the podcast. I'm so sorry about the gap between the last two. That it will not happen again. Absolutely not. It's all flicks for. Ah, I have acquired many more freckles and many less friends. <laughs> so don't forget, if you do want to get in touch, you can email me on deliciouslystella at gmail.com or you can at me on at deliciouslystella on Instagram. So next week, we are going to be talking about dining from the fine to the obscure be our guest. <laughs> be our guest. Be our guest. <laughs> Put ourselves to the test. Try the <laughs> napkin round your neck, Cherie, and we'll provide the rest. Oh, we can sing, we, we can, can dance. dance. After all, now this is France. <laughs> <laughs>